0: And welcome to the Inside Texas football YouTube channel powered by InsideTexas.com. This is Inside the Program with your host, Justin Wells. I'm with the managing partner at Inside Texas, my co-pilot, Eric Nalim. Eric, we got a lot to cover and a little bit of time to get to. Let's just get straight to it. We're talking about team info today. We got a lot of stuff uh, on, on a portal stuff, including a new tight end that joined the mix, a cornerback that could potentially be joining the mix. We're going to talk about junior day. We've got some headliners coming in, but we also have some uh, some some kids that we need to let guys know about that could be offered. They're on offer watch right now. And so there is a ton to cover on the 40 acres. There's such a good buzz going there right now. Real quick though, like and subscribe to the inside Texas football YouTube channel. Be sure and, and give us a like and subscribe. We're getting close to 6,000 subs. Help us out there. This thing is growing faster than we can imagine. Eric, Winter workouts begin on Tuesday. We're, we, we get to get back into team stuff. It seems like yep. we've been recruiting in portal mode since since the Sugar Bowl. Now we get to talk a little bit about yep. team stuff. Obviously, it's the basics. It's the underwear Olympics workouts, agility drills, things like that. Real quick, what what, what are a few nuggets that, that you posted earlier and some things we can expect from the team over the next few days and weeks?
1: Yeah, well, by now their break is over. Everybody's back on campus. The seventeen true freshmen are on campus, a couple of uh, a, a couple of additions via the portal already on campus as well. Uh, they're getting acclimated. That's the name of the game is getting everybody situated acclimated, get get the younger guys into into the groove of going to class, into the structure of it. You know, these are these are young seventeen, eighteen year old guys, and they they're away from home for the first time, so they wanna they want to experience college, but also, you know it's a, it's key for them to get in a groove early on. Um, set a good foundation for their their first semester in college and just basically buy into what's going on in the program it's it's a tough transition for some it's easier for others uh, but the 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 next couple weeks are all about getting that buy-in and and getting everybody off to a a strong start Uh, so yeah they'll start workouts on Tuesdays it's just weights you know for the younger guys it's it's really uh, breaking down deconstructing how they already lift and making sure they're lifting properly you know a lot of these guys got good instruction in high school but some of them uh, it didn't quite get that that much instruction. So they want to make sure they're lifting right safely. Uh, and so the younger guys will kind of lift to, lift together. And then over time, they'll assimilate with uh, with the older with the older players. And of course, you know, this this time of year is the older older players chance to really uh, take over and become leaders and replace all the leaders that they lost last year. And they lost a lot of them. They lost a lot the year before as well. Uh, but this year, even more. Um, so the, the first couple of weeks are going to be setting the tone from a leadership standard. Uh, Sark is going to be instrumental in in cultivating that environment for the next wave of leaders to take over and start running the program. And you it, know, really, it's uh, it's the the players have to start learning from from it by example. And you know, that's where that leadership comes in. Uh, and there's plenty of guys to take the mantle. Uh, you know, there's still plenty of holdover guys that have experience in that regard. Uh, so that'll be part of it as well. As they get into February, they'll start doing more team run, which is a lot of agility drills. A lot of the stuff we all did in high school, if you played football or basketball, those mat drills, those godforsaken mat drills that kicked everybody's butt, they'll do some of those. Um, And then they'll start doing the very basics of install. And, you know, they have to start from scratch with so many freshmen. So that's pretty much what's going to occupy February. Uh, Then they'll go to spring break. Uh, Last year they had a week of practice and then spring break, and then they came back. This year I think they're going to start from scratch uh, with spring ball after spring break. Then we we'll go into spring ball, and then of course on April twentieth, a perfect day uh, for you Austinites that partake in uh, four twenty, they'll have the spring game, and so uh, that'll be spring. And then we're and then it's, then we're covering recruiting all over again. It's just a it's just another cycle at Inside Texas.
0: That's it, and you know you said it. You know this is the second year where there's a ton of freshmen that are enrolling early, and and this is all new to them. I remember one of the freshmen years ago. Uh, talking to one of his high school coaches saying, hey, man, I I don't know where to go. I'm I'm confused. Everything yeah. is going so fast. And he said, man, just follow the leader. Just get yep. in your line, get in your space, and follow that guy. And I said, after a few weeks, you'll get acclimated. You'll start to understand the whole time management and the whole uh, fitting in where, where you get in. And, exactly. and I love that SART brings in 80% of, of his 2024 class is going to be on campus. Like, that to me is just – that, that just shows the, the self-motivated kids, the guys that are going to be coming in and ready to work, just like the previous two cycles. Absolutely. All right. They've added, you know, we're still going to touch on team a little bit, but let's talk about this new tight end real quick. Amari Nyblack. Now, at some point, they're probably going to have to rename uh, the Crimson Tides College University of Texas at, at Tuscaloosa because it feels like Sark is cherry-picking uh, these Alabama kids at a pretty high rate right now, 6'5", 230, 235, caught a touchdown against Texas in week two. Um, kid looks fantastic. J- just give the fans a, a good taste of, of what Amari Nablack's going to be able to do replacing potentially a Jatavian Sanders in this offense.
1: Yeah, I think he's basically hoping you know he's he's going to be what fans have hoped Juan Davis uh, would have become or or has a chance to become. He's he's an athletic leaner guy. Or if Jaleel Billingsley had a better uh, football evaluation, football character, he's that kind of guy. He's a very athletic tight end, way more on the receiver spectrum of the t- of the of the position. However, he does he does in line block quite a bit. He's not terrible at it. He's just not. A, it's just not a strength of his. So. He's going to be every bit the matchup nightmare uh, that Jatavian was, I believe. Maybe not quite as big, uh, but he's going to be able to get those mismatches. You know, I, I go back to that week two game at Tuscaloosa. I think it was the greatest advertisement of all time uh, for a portal window that we didn't know was going to lean this way. Uh, but Isaiah Bond saw, saw Quinn Ewers throwing the ball over the top. And, and you know, Jatavian Sanders torched Alabama between the 20s. So I think um, I think it was a great advertisement for this. I think it played a big part in these kids uh, catching their attention for uh, for Texas during this portal window.
0: It's huge. And and we know that that tight end was a spot that needed to be filled. We know they talked to they were talking with the Stanford tight end. They had kind of reached out to a few other guys. But once Nye Black hit, I remember you hit our text group pretty quickly like, OK, we need to get on this this the here's the red flag but we we need that we, we need this kid uh and and it's interesting that he he didn't he didn't waste any time he he came into campus and and made that commitment and, and go ahead and, and move in and, and start his career on the 40 acres um, having,
1: having Isaiah Bond already on campus and, and in the program was was big because Bond was getting you know everything that Bond had been pitched on he was able to say hey look this is what's going on at Texas um and that, that really uh he paid it forward and helped help get his friend uh, to Austin as well. So two major weapons from Alabama and also the linebacker earlier in the week. So yeah, that, that's uh um, not, not bad. I mean I feel bad for Alabama as much as I as much as I can feel bad for Alabama. Um but yeah, Texas uh you know with, with the way things are going to the portal, Texas has a chance to uh, to be a favorite going into the into the season next year.
0: Yeah, I don't feel bad for Alabama. I might feel a little bad for people that cover Alabama. But I, I, there's no there's no love lost here on, on the crimson tide. They've had their fun uh, with Nick Saban over this last 17 years. Um, you know, people want to know, and and and, and I and, and and I'm included. There's one more guy in the portal that 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 needs to be uh, talked about, and that's Jabbar Muhammad, the cornerback out of uh, the University of Washington via Oklahoma State via. DeSoto High School uh, in, in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, he came in for a visit a couple of days ago. Uh, we we bo- Both of us heard really good things, which I'm not surprised. He's got cousins on the in, in the program and Malik Muhammad and Billy Walton from South Oak Cliff. He's got a lot of the Metroplex fr- fr- mm-hmm. uh, friends from, from Anthony Hill, Jonte Cook. I mean, all the Kendrick Blackshire, all those guys are friends. They all grew up around each other. They all know each other. Jabbar Muhammad decided he wants to uh, go ahead and pop in and, and, and get his chance, get his one more year de facto contract year. Just give us a quick update on how that visit went and where he's supposed to be over the next few days.
1: Yeah, the visit went well. Uh, I mean, the visits almost always go well. So it's it's you know, that's always the, the first feedback we get. Then you have to dig in deeper and say, hey, did it move the needle? Uh, I think it did move the needle. Oregon was a favorite coming into that visit. Despite him not having visited Oregon yet, he's going to visit Oregon after Alabama. Um, but I think Texas did a good job of positioning itself. If it becomes, you know, full on, uh, you know, Nike money versus Texas, you know, Oregon's probably going to get him. But Texas is going to be competitive in that regard. Obviously, playing time is available, even though Texas has plenty of bodies at the position. I think Terrence Brooks is being undersold by a lot of fans. We'll get comments on, on that uh, by the experts uh, in this thread about how Terrence Brooks is not good. Uh, Terrence Brooks is still developing as a player. He's not nearly as uh, experienced as Jabbar, but Jabbar would come in and, and, and probably find a way to start somewhere. I mean, you can move some bodies around to to nickel as well. Um, but yeah, he's a very good cover corner. He's basically kind of a smaller version of uh, Malik Muhammad, but even maybe yeah. even more savvy than Malik. And it's hard to be more savvy than Malik, but there's something in that family that makes them cover well and, and have that, uh, that, that football intelligence that most people don't have. But you know, now he's at Alabama right now, he's, he's sticking to the script. He's not a young player that was going to get make an emotional decision by committing to Texas on the spot. Uh, he's in Alabama, uh, you know, furthering his understanding of that program. He's got a relationship with Kalen DeBoer, of course. Right. Uh, but I think, um, you know, I think it's going to come down to, to Texas and Oregon in the end. Uh, I had one, one uh, source put it at 50-50, Texas after the visit. Another source put it at 60-40. I kind of feel like Texas home field advantage carries the day, but there's still plenty of work to do here.
0: Yeah, and, 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 and that echoes basically what I heard. Hey, it's close. That's what I was told. Hey, just just pay attention because it's close. And, and unlike some of these other ones, I think Sark kind of went in and closed it pretty quickly. He sealed the deal once these guys got on campus. But like you said, Muhammad's sticking to the, uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> the script mm-hmm. and, and, and trying to figure out his next big move. Before we jump into recruiting, and, uh, and jump into Junior Day, which is one of the biggest, largest lists we've seen since you and I have been doing this. We're going to give a little shout out to Andre the Lawyer. Andre the Lawyer is a man that, we, you know, if you need, if you ever get caught in a bad position, if you ever, anything happens with you with, you know, car wrecks, uh, slip and falls, 18-wheeler accidents, on-the-job accidents, uh, wrongful deaths, you know, Andre the Lawyer is a guy that, that's going to help you out. He's a long-term inside Texas guy with you know, tremendous respect for Andre. If you ever get in that in that position and you need to make that call, 214-444-8808. Andre the Lawyer is the guy that, that, that we love. We know that he, he takes care of Longhorns, but he takes care of everybody. This is a guy that, that fights hard. He's located in Dallas, Texas, but if you need him, give him a call. 214-444-8808.
1: We gotta we gotta figure out we gotta figure out who did that picture for him because he doesn't look like he's not nearly that handsome in, in real life. He's a big big dopey looking guy, but look at that picture, he looks like a million bucks.
0: Well that's that's why they have for you know photographers that, that they gotta make you look good with we editing need, we, we need that on
1: for sure. We need that for we need a filter, we need that same filter for these videos. You know what? He probably
0: put he punched in the AI machine, hot's nice looking lawyer in the yeah. AI. That's what they shot out, that's what it's supposed to look like. Um, that thing confuses the hell out of me. Um, but again, Junior Day, and we're looking at like over sixty, potentially seventy guys hitting campus on Saturday. Uh, this feels like an old school Mac Brown Junior Day where they use that momentum from a really big season and and, and they pushed it all into the, this weekend. We're, we're bringing in guys. Um, we're going to talk about some of the headliners real quick, and then we're going to touch on a few players that we feel like are going to be on offer watch. Guys that you need to know. Uh, going into this weekend, and if you don't, uh, if you're not able to, to to see the video, or if you're able to see the video, be sure and check us out at InsideTexas.com. We've we've updated a lot of stuff here on Friday. Um, headliners. Let's just start on the uh, our, 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 with the biggest names, and and to me, those big names are guys like Jordan Davison, running back out of modern day, uh, Dorian Brew, uh, the new implant uh, implant in in Houston, in the Conroe area, big five star cornerback out of out of Ohio. Uh, and then a handful of other guys, like John Turntine, who could be the best prospect in the country or in Texas for 2026. And, and Javion Osborne, who's a, a potential five star running back. I'm going to start with with those guys. You know, I, I, I'll throw out something on Davison and you come through with, with something on Brew and a few of those other ones. Texas and Davison look fantastic, Eric. This this thing hasn't changed. He was on campus for this last year. I remember when that's where we met Jordan Davison, and that's when that relationship began. And we've noticed that Sark loves to open that pipeline to these big programs nationally, one of those being modern day in Santa Ana, California. To me, Jordan Davison coming in is big because not just because he's the number one running back target on the big board, but because Ohio State is coming hard. Alabama is still coming at him. Uh, USC is making a strong push. I was able to catch up with him recently and and listen his relationship with choices is really good and really solid and his relationship with some of the, the former teammates and also the recruits in his, Current class. Marcus Harris is another guy. He's not going to be in this weekend. I believe he's going to be at Tennessee and then, uh, uh, yeah, Tennessee this weekend. But yeah, that's Nasir exactly. Wyatt's
1: coming in. Nasir Wyatt's coming in. Sean Scott's coming in 2026 class. Yeah, modern days uh, descending on Austin in ways that, you know, you used to dream about getting guys from that school visiting on campus. And now they're not just visiting, but they're, they're viable targets. Yeah.
0: And, and to me, that just that 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 shows Sark his penchant for, you know, we knew he was going to go on the West Coast. We knew he was going to plant a flag on that on that side of the country. He has really done that, you know, bringing in guys that he has. I think the Brandon Baker get from 2024, the five star offensive tackle was huge. Davison and Texas are trending well. What's the latest on Dorian Brew and a few of those other headliners?
1: Yeah, just looking at the corners they got coming in. Dorian Brew, uh, Jabori Antoine, and Kobe Sellers are three guys that are, are pretty big priorities. Dor- Dorian Brew is a move in from uh, outside of Columbus, about an hour from Columbus. His, his mother is in the track Hall of Fame at Ohio State. He has hmm. extreme familiarity with that program. Um, you know, it's exciting that he lives down here in Texas now, but I, I think he's going to be returning home when it's all said and done, and, and he could he could make a commitment in the in the coming weeks. So it's 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 good that the staff is is getting him on campus because. Who knows what's going to happen throughout the recruiting cycle? It's still extremely early. Uh, you want to get the guy on campus and build some familiarity. I think he, I do think he does have some interest in Texas if he does stay in this part of the country. Yeah. However, the, you know the, the the siren call to return home might be too strong. And then you know Jabory mm-hmm. Antoine, I almost put in a, in an RPM for him a prediction uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm glad I held off. Uh, you know Texas, <laughs> I think was the. Texas was the favorite. And then, you know, I started seeing, hey, Corey Raymond might go there. I'm like, all right, let's let this play out a little bit. Um, (laughs) I'm still, you know, Texas is still in the mix on that one for sure. Uh, LSU's got to turn around that defense. And Corey Raymond hasn't really been turning out uh, top flight talent in in quite a while. So, you know, he's got to make up for the last couple of years. He's got to overcome the fact that he just got fired at Florida. Uh, So we're not counting out Texas at all. Terry Joseph, of course, is going to work all the angles in Louisiana. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I want to get his thoughts on kind of how he feels about Texas uh, and, and the Corey Raymond hire, and then Kobe Sellers, Shadow Creek. You know, I think if Texas pushes hard here, I think they're going to be they're going to have a good chance. They've got his, his teammate Anthony Williams committed. The two are are pretty dang close. Uh, Ja'Corey Watson, wide receiver uh, at Shadow Creek, is also part of that group. That and they're all close. So uh, I'll be watching Kobe Sellers. He's a, he's that lead corner. You know, we talk about the guys that can you know play and move uh, switch positions. Sometimes that gets you in trouble because they're not true corners. Kobe Sellers is a true corner.
0: And, you know, I, I caught up with Sellers yesterday. He actually sent me a picture. Uh, Sark and Gideon were were by Shadow Creek yesterday, and they went to see him. And, and this is coming on the heels of, of his Georgia visit. He, he, yeah. he, got, he got an offer not too long ago from the Bulldogs and, and went and took a trip, and they blew him away. But I'm with you. I think Texas, you know, they've been on Sellers for well over a year. We met Sellers at this event last year or yeah. a subsequent event, maybe in the early spring, and he's been coming back ever since you know, multi-sport kid, uh, played on both sides of the ball when, when he was in private school. I'm a big fan of Sellers. Jabori, like you said, Corey Raymond, man, that that's going to change the dynamic of that recruitment a little bit. But Texas has an ace in the hole there with Derrick Williams. Jaboree absolutely adores Derrick Williams, the the the, the sophomore uh, future sophomore safety at Texas and, and I think that helps him as well. I'll touch on a few guys on, on from from my part of the from my neck of the woods, Kiati Armstrong, the ginormous tight end out of Jasper. He's going to be uh, on campus as well and and he's a guy, he's a national tight end offer type type, type guy. Uh, I met him at a playoff game uh, when they played Wake Connolly probably 3 months ago. And his hands are just, I mean, we meet a lot of big guys, Eric, but this dude's hands were just like Shrek. Like this dude was just huge, size 18 shoe. I mean, and and I asked his coach, I said, coach, is is that an offensive tackle? And he said, not if you want to recruit him. And yeah. so he he's a kid that I think that's in the mix Zion Williams. We you know, we posted a story yesterday about defensive priorities and he is certainly in the mix at defensive tackle at 6'5" about 310, 315. I caught up with him a few days ago, Michigan State just put out an offer. He's still hearing from Georgia, LSU, and Alabama and a few other schools. Him getting on campus, I think is big. One guy that I think Texas is in an excellent spot for right now is Pleasant Grove athlete Lance Jackson out of the Texarkana area people might remember his older brother Landon committed and signed with LSU transferred to Arkansas became all SEC edge defensive end for, for the Razorbacks last year and re- is returning for his senior year um people think Lance is with, with lean Arkansas in that regard but when I caught up with him he's he, you know Lance doesn't know if those coaches are even going to be there yeah. by the time he signs. Lance is a really smart kid. He grew up liking Texas, like Landon did. Yeah, he grew Landon up did. liking Texas, and PK has sold him on playing that edge. He's like – and they like him at, at multiple spots. They like him at tight end. They he, like might him at
1: the, he might be the best tight end in the state, and the state is loaded at tight end. You mentioned Kiotti Armstrong. You also got uh, Nick Townsend Nick coming Townsend. in from Ducaney, who's a freak athlete that could play either side too. He could be an edge or tight end. I don't know what's going on. There's some, some positions that normally aren't common uh, – in Texas are loaded this year. You, you know, there's plenty of linebackers. There's tons of offensive line. G- D tackles are usually hard to find. You, I know you're going to talk about Zion here in a second. Uh, Brandon Brown, it's, uh, he's a Florida kid, but a Texas commit that's a D tackle. Uh, it's loaded. I, I, You know, Lance Jackson, I'm a fan. I kind of think he's a better tight end, but, you know, I, I don't care. Get him on campus and figure it out.
0: I thought the same thing until I watched him play Gilmer, the 4A state champion, in midseason last year. And I saw the effect he had on the passing game for Gilmer. Pleasant Grove beat Gilmer by four touchdowns. That's the Gilmer team that won the state championship. And Lance Jackson was absolute hell for that Gilmer offensive line. And so I I can see why PK is – kind of, you know, leaning towards, hey, you know, why don't you come over on the defensive side of the ball? You mentioned Brandon Brown. I think that's important. The big-time defensive tackle commit out of Melbourne, Florida, there's no D-line coach right now, Eric. And and and, and to me, Zion, that's kind of the, 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 the stopping point right now. they got to maintain that relationship with these guys. Yeah. And so I think Brandon Brown coming in might be as important as any along that defensive
1: line. Absolutely. Him and Zion, you got to, you know, sell them on the school. You know, hey, we'll figure out the defensive line coach. Let, let us figure that out. We, you know, we've already got a plan. Trust us on that. But here's what you need to know about the school. You're not just going to the school because of a defensive tackle coach. That is a terrible process. If you pick a school because of a position coach, you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, look, that's a lot of priorities. And I feel bad. There's plenty more we could have talked about. Riley Pettijon, um, There's a lot more priorities than what we talked about. Let's talk about a couple of the guys that might get offered. You mentioned a very intriguing running back out of Chapel Hill.
0: Absolutely. That, you know, people always, they like to know who's coming, but they also want to know well, who's going to get offered. Well, right now there's a kid, five foot 11, about 190 pound four star out of, out of Chapel Hill in Tyler, Texas. And that's Ricky Stewart. He's committed to SMU right now. He's got 25 something offers, Michigan, Alabama, TCU, Ole Miss, all in the mix. Oregon. Um, he committed to, to SMU early, kind of solidifying his spot. Tashar Choice was in East Texas yesterday. He stopped by the Bulldogs and, and got to see the the four A state runner ups, and was just absolutely blown away by Stewart. He he. he the, the, there's a big there, there. There's a lot of buzz, uh, you know. Talking to Coach Reardon, the head coach out of Chapel Hill yesterday, he said, "Man, mm-hmm. once Tashar Choice sent the tape to the ta- uh, to the guys in Austin to the the, the staff." There, there, there's a buzz there that they want to see this kid. They're eager to see him. Uh, Sark's supposed to go through his stuff today to, to, to see if he's going you know, to be qualified for an offer, but we would be absolutely shocked if he's not when he arrives on Saturday, that's a guy to watch. We talked about Jordan Davison. that's that priority. One, we know choice in Texas likes to get two running backs in every cycle. Ricky Stewart, that second spot to me is the one that's up for grabs because Harlem Barry as of right now, is probably sticking with LSU, especially when you hire family like Corey Raymond back into the fold. I think they're going to be able to hang on to him, but that's not going to stop Texas from pursuing him. Still, they want that number two spot. Michael Terry. This is a jumbo athlete out of out of San Antonio Alamo Heights. He's a kid that's highly ranked, Eric. This is a guy that's one of the top athletes in the country for 2025. He's starting to get a few offers. We think he's on offer watch as well. You got Jermad o- uh, Odoms as well, and, and Marcus Garcia. Kind of go through a couple of those guys and, and what you see that you think Texas sees.
1: Well, I saw I saw o- Odoms from Lamar at Next Level Athlete Camp in Houston last week, uh, and he's the first person I mentioned in the sea of about 400 kids. Uh, I didn't know who he was just by his face, and then I did some research, and it, it really checks out. He's got all the uh, size and, and tools. He's really raw. And then Marcus Garcia, uh, he's, he's teammates with Ty Haywood, another one of those headliners. Ty Haywood's in that Kelvin Banks, Brandon Baker phylum of, of offensive tackles that you just take if, if you can get him. Marcus Garcia is, has a very good chance of being offered as well. And then Michael Terry's just a stud athlete, get him on campus, figure out where it goes uh, if everything else checks out. So it's a loaded, loaded junior mm-hmm. day. If one of these athletes watches this and we didn't mention it, We'll talk about you on Sunday. Give us a good interview and and give us some good content and we'll make up for it. We promise.
0: Absolutely. Eric and I are going to be on campus. We'll be there with Joe Cook. We'll be there with our man, Charlie Williams. Inside Texas is going to live large in Austin on Saturday. We do junior days and we do them big. Be sure to check out InsideTexas.com. It really isn't a better time uh, to, to join. We, we've got a deal—a deal right now, a dollar for a month. Let us earn your business. Let, let give us a shot. Let you know get get all that good Junior Day stuff because the content will be flowing from the next twenty four to forty eight hours coming out of that Junior Day. It, there's good vibes there, Eric. The, the recruiting stuff—you know—they they were getting top three classes before they made the playoff, college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Now Sark is—he he, he's uh, he, he's he's playing with house money. And, and there's good. There's a lot of good vibes coming out from this 2025 cycle as, as they start to solidify that. Please like and subscribe, the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. Please come see us at InsideTexas.com. Any parting shots, my man, E?
1: No, yeah, I'm excited. Get to get on the road, get up there a day early in case the weather starts messing with us. So I'm ready to go.
0: Hey, let's rock and roll. Once again, we thank you so much for, for joining us at InsideTexas.com and Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Peu